Conclusion The Bible is very clear. Men can attain freedom only under bondage to Christ. We are bondservants by nature as creatures. The only question is, to whom will we be in bondage? To be outside of Christ is to be in slavery. The world today is outside of Christ, and never has slavery been more widespread or more scientific. When the true God is rejected as the ruler of men and nations, men seek out other gods. Self, family, church, and civil governments are corrupted. Civil government ends up with an inordinate amount of power and authority. The people cannot govern themselves. In fact, do not want to govern themselves. And they turn all government over to the state. The state becomes their messiah. A brief look at a slice of Israel's history will make this clear. Once the people rejected God from ruling over them, they immediately did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, Judges 2.11. What is the recurring theme in the book of Judges? Every man did what was right in his own eyes. 17.6. Compare Deuteronomy 12.8. Self-government under God was abandoned. The men are weak in battle and will only go to war if Deborah, a woman, leads them. Then Barak said to Deborah, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Judges 4.8 The economic order was disturbed. Gideon has to hide his produce in a wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. 6.11 God commanded his people to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Genesis 1.28 The people of God are to have dominion. Instead, we find Israel hiding from the Midianites in the dens which were in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds, Judges 6.2. You can't have dominion when you're hiding. Families were corrupt. Gideon is said to have had many wives, Judges 8.30. Gideon's descendants were murdered by one of his sons, Abimelech. He went to his father's house in Ophrah and killed his brothers, the sons of Jerubal. Seventy men on one stone, Judges 9.5. Gideon's family was beset by idolatry. This idolatry became a snare to Gideon and his household, 826. All of Israel played the harlot to the idol set up by Gideon, verse 27. Worship was corrupted through this pagan link to God. It didn't take long before the people had returned to worshiping idols with reckless abandon. Then it came about, as soon as Gideon was dead, that the sons of Israel again played the harlot with the Baals and made Baal Bereth their god, 833. Time alone did not change these conditions. The nation steadily declined. Once the dominoes of self-government and family government fell, the church, represented by the priesthood, was easy prey. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord and the custom of the priest with the people, 1 Samuel 2, 12, 13. This was a continuation of the priesthood's corruption that festered during the period of the judges, where... Micah had a shrine and made an ephod and household idols and consecrated one of his sons, a non-Levite, that he may become a priest, Judges 17.5. When Micah did find a Levite, he paid him to stay in his house thinking God would prosper him, verse 17. True worship turned to a belief in magic. When the people recognized Israel's corruption, especially the corruption of Eli's sons, the people turned to Eli for relief. Eli, in turn confronted his sons, but to no avail. No, my sons, for the report is not good which I hear the Lord's people circulating, 1 Samuel 2.24. But instead of returning to godly self-government, family government, and church government, the people cried out for a king like all other nations, 1 Samuel 8.5. They saw the answer to their problems as solely political. 
Of course, this was not new. It had occurred in Gideon's day, Judges 8. The Bible has the answers. We have surveyed some of the basic principles of government in the Bible. We found that God is King of Kings, the ruler of the nations. He is transcendent above his creation, yet he is present, imminent with it. He rules it sovereignly, yet he grants men the blessings of freedom when they obey his law. God has established a bottom-up hierarchy through various appeals courts, ecclesiastical, civil, and familial. He has established multiple hierarchies, thereby reducing the power of any one human institution. Each court system is to be governed by God's law for each. Each has its own lawful jurisdiction. In contrast, humanist empires seek to create and impose a top-down bureaucratic structure, with elite planners serving as the substitute gods of the age. This is Satan's way to imitate God. He is not all-knowing, all-seeing, and all-powerful as God is, so he substitutes a tyrannical bureaucracy. We need a law structure to govern us, but this law structure must be God's revealed law. Natural law is a myth. So is neutrality. There are only two kinds of law, God's law and man's laws. We should side with God's laws, not autonomous, self-law, humanistic law. Men cannot forever serve two masters. They cannot forever obey rival law systems. Pluralism in ethics and laws points to pluralism of gods, or, to turn this into a slogan, polylegalism means polytheism. There must be judgment in life, beginning with self-judgment. There will be a final judgment, so there must also be judgments by men. God gives blessings and cursings, depending on men's faithfulness to his covenant. Human judges must do the same in their respective spheres of jurisdiction, but their standard of judgment must be the Bible. God promises victory. He gives it to his people, if they remain faithful over time. He gives defeat to those who rebel, generation after generation. There is continuity, a continuity of faithfulness. The stability men seek in their lives can be found in government, as well as in other areas of life. Christians are to pray for peace. The secret of peace is covenantal faithfulness in every area of life. Where do we begin? Where should we begin? Political solutions by themselves are of little value. They often do more harm than good. In fact, it is blame shifting, similar to what Adam and Eve did after they rejected God from ruling over them. Ultimately, they blamed God. The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me the tree, and I ate. Genesis 3.12 God is our starting point. He is the sovereign. He has ordered society. Our governments, family, church, and state must be built on his all-embracing government. First, there is church government. Saints will judge the world, 1 Corinthians 6.2. How can we expect civil government to change when the church has so much trouble governing herself? This is why Paul makes it clear that there is a direct relationship between self and family governments, and church or ecclesiastical governments. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? 1 Timothy 3.5 The family and church are training ground for judging the world. Paul chastises the church of Corinth first for their immorality and how it affected self and family government, 1 Corinthians 5, and second for their inability to constitute the smallest law courts within church government, 1 Corinthians 6.2. Second, self-government supports all other forms of government. Christian self-government requires God's grace in regeneration. The far reaches of civil government 
will not be changed until rebels against God are turned into faithful subjects. This is God's work. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe all my ordinances. Ezekiel 36, 26, 27. Notice the progression. God changes the heart. A new spirit is put inside the once dead rebel. A teachable heart is implanted. Then we will walk in his statutes, and then we will observe all his ordinances. The fruit of regeneration is personal holiness toward God and love for our neighbor, the sum of the great commandments. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself, Mark 12:30. There can be no love for God and our neighbor without a new heart. See also Psalm 139, Psalm 141:4, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, and Titus 3, 1 through 8. Third, there is family government. If you can't govern yourself, you won't be able to govern in the home. King David is a perfect example of the relationship between poor self-government and the breakdown of family government. His personal sins affected his entire family. One of the requirements for an elder in the church is that he be able to manage his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity, 1 Timothy 3.4. Parents and family government are responsible for, one, the education of their children, for I have chosen Abraham in order that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice in order that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. Genesis 18:19 compare Deuteronomy 4:1, 9, 10, 40, 6, 1 through 8, 20 through 25, Psalm 78, Ephesians 6:4. 2. The control and discipline of their children. Discipline your son while there is hope, and do not desire his death. Proverbs 19.18, compare Exodus 20.12, Hebrews 12.3-11, Psalm 89.30-32, Proverbs 10.13.13.1.24, 3. And the general welfare of the family. But if any one does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worth than an infidel. 1 Timothy 5.8 Too many have turned to the state to provide these family duties. Fourth, there is civil government. Civil government will not change until people change from within. The gospel must be preached. Personal holiness must be required. Families must begin to govern themselves and care for their own members. Churches must once again work as a legitimate and effective government under God and the state must submit itself as a minister of God, Romans 13:4. We will see no change at the top until there is change at the bottom. Finally, as Christians, we will not be good governors in the civil sphere if we fail to establish the church as the government God ordained it to be. The basis of Christian reconstruction is regeneration. Then there must be the preaching of the whole counsel of God, only after this can we seriously expect to see God's comprehensive redemption, the healing of all areas of life by the power of the Holy Spirit through the application of God's law. It is an inside-out process, a bottom-up process, not a top-down process.